Hello and welcome to the very first podcast of The Secret Book Corner. I am Jules and I'm going to be reading Pages and Co. Tilly and the Book Wanderers. Now before I begin, I am just going to quickly give a quick podcast shout out to Bella. Her dad works with my dad and her dad suggested that I start a podcast and when I agreed she was really excited and said that she really wanted to listen to it. So I decided to give her a shout out so that she knows that she was one of the reasons why that I decided to do it. Do the podcast even. So I'm going to so I've said that I'm going to be reading it, haven't I? But just in case you weren't here, I'm going to be reading Pages and Co. Tilly and the Book Wanderers by Anna James. Alright. So chapter one, the view from the gate of a fairground. Matilda Pages pushed open the door of Pages and Co. and breathed in deeply, taking in the familiar scent of just blown up candles, dark chocolate and of course books. For a second she forgot that she was splattered with muddy water and simply relished the week's holiday that stretched out in front of her like a view from the gate of a fairground. But the calm of... No, the bubble of calm even, popped as damp seats through her tights, making her shiver, and she marched through the door connecting the bookshop to the narrow house she lived in with her grandparents. She let the door crash behind her, tossed her school bag on the table, accidentally sending a pile of potatoes flying and flopped dramatically into a chair. She paused, waiting for her grandmother to react, and when Grandma finally turned, Tilly flung her head theoretically onto her arms on the table. Happy half-term, Tilly, Grandma said, looking around in confusion. What on earth is the matter, and why are you taking it out on the potatoes? Tilly blushed and sheepishly started picking them up. And you're soaking. It's not still raining, is it? Grandma said, peering out of the kitchen window. She gave her granddaughter's head an affectionate rub as Tilly kneeled to rescue a stray potato that had rolled into the cat basket. Tilly sighed and leaned against Grandma's legs. Grace went through a puddle on her bike and it splashed all over me. Surely she didn't do it on purpose, Grandma asked gently. Tilly harumphed in disagreement. Humph! Aunty to a stick of seeds, Grandma said. That was before, when we were just little. She has new friends now, Tilly said. She got on the netball team and only wants to be with those girls now. She sits with Amara and Poppy every day. Have I met Amara and Poppy? Grandma asked. No, they went to St. Enid's and they stick together all the time. Well, why don't you invite some of them round during the holiday, Grandma suggested. Get to know each other. I don't think they'd come, Tilly said uncertainly. They're always whispering and giggling about something when I try to talk to them. They might surprise you. You don't know if you don't ask, Grandma said. Be brave, Matilda. Be brave. Be be brave, be curious, be kind, Tilly interrupted. I know. It's what we always used to tell your mum growing up, Grandma said. I just think being brave comes more naturally to some people than others, Tilly said. Often it's the things that don't come naturally to us that are the most important, Grandma said. Now why don't you take off those off that wet uniform and have a shower? I'll make you a hot chocolate to celebrate the start of the holidays. Twenty minutes later, Tilly was clean and dry, wearing her own clothes and carrying two mugs of hot chocolate, covered in whipped cream, one for her and one for her granddad. She pushed the kitchen door open with her back and reversed into the bookshop. Pages and Co. was Tilly's favourite place in the world. From outside on the busy North London High Street, it looked like an entirely normal bookshop, but once inside it, it didn't make quite sense how everything fitted inside its ordinary walls. The shop was made up of five floors of corners and cubby holes, sofas and squashy armchairs, and and a labyrinth of bookshelves heading off in different directions. A spiral staircase danced up one wall and painted wooden ladders stretched up into difficult-to-reach corners. Two arched windows made it feel a little like a church, 
when the light spilled in and dust motes danced in the air. When it was good weather, the sun pulled on the floor and the bookshop cat named Alice, for her curious nature, could often be found dozing in the warmest spots. During the summer, the big fireplace behind the till was filled with bursting with filled to bursting with fresh flowers, but as it was October, a fire was roaring there. Tilly had never been very far outside London, but she felt like a seasoned traveller within the pages of books. She had raced across the rooftops of Paris, learned to ride a broomstick, and seen the northern lights from the deck of a ship. She had explored wonderlands and secret gardens with girls curious and contrary. She found books that led to long debates with Grandad over crumpets dripping with butter, and discovered stories that she read again and again until they shone far more brightly than the endless tests at school. She found friendships that seemed free of complicated social rules at school. Tilly sometimes felt like there had been a lesson where friendship had been explained, but she had been off poorly and had never quite been able to catch up. Grandad was behind the till, sorting through books that customers had ordered, matching receipts to titles and stacking them neatly ready for collection. Tilly deposited the second mug of hot chocolate on the till, managing to avoid spilling most of it. Happy holidays, Tilly, he said, clinking mugs with her. Grandad drank deeply and pretended, as he always did, that he didn't know he had whipped cream on his top lip. Got much homework? I have to read a book I've never read before, Tilly said straight-faced. Goodness, sweetheart, Grandad said with a grin. You better crack on with that immediately, if you even have a hope of finishing in a week. Tilly giggled as she stuck a finger on her whipped cream thinking of the pile of five books she had been she had sna- stacked next to her bed for her holiday reading. Miss Webber did say that after the holidays, we'd be starting a project about our favourite characters from books, and that if we wanted to get a head start on that, we should pick out a think about who ours were. Who would you pick? What a question, Grandad said, licking the cream from his lip. I must admit, my gut instinct is pulling me towards Sherlock Holmes. But I'll have to have a proper think and get back to you with my official answer. Now, other than your particularly urgent workload, what else do you have planned for the week? Is Grace coming over? I don't know why you and Grandma keep asking me about Grace, Tilly said. Do we? Grandad said, surprised. Well, I thought she was your best friend. I don't have a best friend, Tilly said firmly. I've realised there isn't anyone who's best friend material at school. And what exactly makes someone best friend material, Grandad said, asked. Someone who sticks by you, someone who never gets bored of talking to you, someone who's adventurous and clever and brave and funny, Tilly said, checking her criteria off on her fingers. Someone like Anne Shirley or Alice from Wonderland. Those are my favourite characters, incidentally. With very few expectations, Tilly found that she much preferred the company of characters in her books to most of the people she knew in real life. I'm not sure best friends are are one-size-fits-for-all situations, Tilly, Grandad said carefully. Sometimes a person who becomes a friend is the least likely person you'd expect. Friends should bring out the best in you, not be the same as you. I'm sure you're someone's perfect fit. Tilly tried to imagine herself as the perfect fit for a potential best friend, but when she thought about herself too directly, she felt sort of fuzzy round the edges, like a photograph that was blurred, and when she compared herself to the characters she met in books, their ink and paper felt more real than her bones and skin. And for now, you've always got me, Grandad continued. If you're in the market for an elderly best friend with with whiskers and a bookshop... Exactly, Tilly said, trying to erase all the thoughts of hypothetical best friends from her mind. I don't need anyone who doesn't live in pages and okay. Right, that's the end of chapter one. I'm sorry if there were any mistakes. I am only ten years old, so I'm not 
the best region on earth and yep i hope you enjoyed listening and um, i'm looking forward to reading the next chapter next week um please look out for videos i might or not videos even please look out for the podcast i ask do even ask um you like your alexa or your ipad i don't know but ask um ask your your mums and dad your parents whoever if you can listen to it i don't know sorry i had a quick silence there i'm a bit tired it is only 10 34 a.m and i've already had swimming and i'm not feeling my best so i'm gonna have to end it there because i mean i'm still on my onesie and i need to get changed so i'm going to see um read you the next chapter next week and yeah i hope you enjoyed listening bye Hello and welcome back to the second podcast of The Secret Book Corner. I'm sorry that I didn't post last week. I have been very busy. I'm going to try and make up for it and do one tomorrow as well. But yeah. Today, instead of reading the book, I'm going to be reviewing it and printing out some sentences that I quite like. So, let me begin. Chapter On chapter one. So, it's a really good chapter and quite interesting. And these are a couple of sentences that I quite like. I quite like this sentence. For a second, she forgot that she was splattered with muddy water and simply relished the week's holiday that stretched out in front of her, like the view from the gate of a fairground. It's really, really good, that sentence. I quite like the expression, and if I was writing, I'd probably use that phrase as well. I quite like this sentence as well. Happy half-term, Tilly, Grandma said, looking around in confusion. What on earth is the matter, and why are you taking it out on the potatoes? I just think it's quite funny that like you know they made um oh what's that um they made like oh what's it called i don't know what it is like but like as you know like they like they've made connection with the fact that um tilly flopped dramatically into a chair and that the potatoes literally flew across the room pretty much <clears throat> and then where's the it um, oh, Tilly harumphed in disagreement because I quite like, I can just imagine her going, humph, across the table and no, in disagreement. And then there was another one. Um, what? No, they're from that page. Okay, here. So this is on page 11. No, this is on page, where is it? What? Well, how did... Oh, yeah. This is on page 10. Um, from outside on the busy North London High Street, it looked like a quite... in Like an entirely normal bookshop. But once inside, it didn't quite make, house, make sense how everything fitted inside its ordinary walls. I just think that's like... Ooh, imagine if, like, you know... My house looked ordinary on the inside, and then there was this... <gasps> magic on the inside outside did i I say inside i meant outside oh here it is tilly sometimes felt like there had been a lesson where friendship had been explained but she'd been off poorly and had never quite been able to catch up i quite like that as well i don't know what it is about it It just 
Oh, it just feels so nice. And my neck, I don't know. But this is the next one. I'm not sure best friends are a one size fits for all situations, Tilly. Granddad said carefully. I quite like that because, you know, that kind of sums up friendship in one word. Your best friend will be there for almost everything, but won't be the best in every situation. I quite like that. And then it was... Um... Oh, lost page. Tilly tried to imagine herself as the perfect fit for a potential best friend, but when she thought about herself too directly, she felt soft and fuzzy. Of, she felt sort of fuzzy around the edges, like a photograph that was blurred. And when she compared herself to the characters she met in books, their ink and paper felt more real than her bones and skin. I quite like that. That's quite magical. Now that is the end, that is the end of my reviewing. So actually, I'm going to read a bit. Hold on, just chapter. Okay, um, I'm going to read um, a couple of pages of this until, like, I don't know, page 24, whatever. Alright, chapter 2. No one has proper adventures in real life. The next morning, Tilly woke up to the sound of rain and falling autumn leaves as she sloped skylight down when, as she sl- as on her sloped skylight window. Rain meant quiet days in the bookshop. And the shop as people stayed inside with only the odd group of bedraggled readers drying out in the cafe area waiting for gaps in the downpour she relished the school's holidays with the familiar rhythms and rituals of the bookshop and she savoured every moment of her first day of the holidays routine a chapter of a new book in bed while everything was quiet getting dressed in anything that wasn't school uniform a lazy breakfast of one of granddad's perfectly boiled eggs with toast shop soldiers so what's the plan for today? Grandma asked, handing Tilly a mug of milky tea. Reading mainly, Tilly said. Do you want to wander down to the woods with me later? Grandad suggested. Or I need to pop into the florist and confirm all the flowers for the Wonderland party on Wednesday night. I could do with your eye for colour. We've created a monster with this party. I sometimes think... Every year the customers and publishing folks seem to expect a more extravagant theme. Tilly shrugged. Do you ever wish, she said, ignoring Grandad's question and turning to her grandparents with a serious look on her face, that you had a relatively good friend in mortal peril that you could go and rescue? I can't say that sometimes I spend much time thinking about. Grandad, go, Grandma said, exchanging a look with Grandad across the table. Tilly sighed. I just wish there was something more exciting to do than go to the florist, she said. No one has proper adventures in real life. If I didn't want to go get myself into into hot water, I would say that someone who can't find an adventure is in the woods is lacking an imagination, Grandad said. You know what I mean? I do, my dear, but it never hurts to keep a weather eye open for adventures, even small ones. But for now, Grandma said, why don't you stick with an adventure in a book? And if the rain ever stops, you can head out for a wander later. Tilly opened the door into the bookshop and went to find Jack, who looked after the snug cafe around the area that took up a corner of the ground floor. Which she reached when she reached the mismatched collection of chairs and tables, he was nowhere to be found. So she went to see if there were were any cakes she could sample. But just as she reached out for a gooey-looking chocolate brownie, Jack's head popped over the counter. Aha! Caught red-handed, she said. He said, I was looking 
I was just looking, Tilly said sheepishly, before registering the wild smile on his face. What do you have? Why do you have honey on your forehead? She asked. I'm experimenting with pop cakes, he said, holding up an ice cube tray filled with sticky honey. Remember in the Faraway Tree books by Enid Blyton? They eat those cakes that explode with honey when you bite into them. I'm going to freeze the honey so I can bake it in the middle of the cupcakes. At least that's the plan. The honey is providing... Proving a little well uncooperative. Um, oh, yeah. Jack, who was 19 and saving up to go to pastry school in Paris, took his role as, the, as a bookshop baker very seriously and was always trying to recreate book cakes and bakes from books. Tilly was under strict instructions to tell him whenever she came across a particularly tasting sounding dish in a book she was reading. She had a suspicion he was using some of the very new cookbooks for inspiration as well, as every once in a while she'd have had a wipe of a smear of ice. She'd had to wipe off a smear of icing from a spine stacking up from a shelf as though it had been put back in a hurry. Do you want some hot chocolate? Jack offered as he manhandled the ice cube train to the tiny freezer section of the cafe fridge. I'll bring it up. Tilly nodded and grinned and then headed to her favourite reading reading corner on the first floor. Ten minutes later, Jack sat down next to her, carefully holding a tray with two steaming mugs and two brownies on it. If your grandparents notice me giving you brownies so soon after breakfast, just claims it's a, v- a very important baking experiment for the party, okay? He noticed her arm. What are you reading? Tilly showed him the book cover, with, which was blue and glittery. I've just started it. It's about mermaids and pirates and the ocean. It's probably not your kind of thing. Well, actually, Miss Tilly, I'll have you know, I, ha- I have quite a pe- penchant for books with, about pirates and the ocean, he said. But I like all sorts, really. I can't resist books set in space, especially if they've got something weird going on or a really good twist. And if there's some some kind of intelligent robot even better especially if it turns out to be evil i know i should be know this by now but what are your favorites my two favorite my two favorite books are anne of green gables and alice in wonderland tilly replied with a great deal of certainty and anne and alice are my favorite characters why do you like them so much then she paused for lots of reasons but i like them best because they seem real even when i'm not reading about them what do you mean by real? Jack asked. Tilly contemplated the question. Like sometimes when I don't know what to do, I think about the, what Anne would do, or if I find myself wanting to tell Alice about something I learned and it takes a second before I remember they're not real people, I can just go and talk to. Jack smiled. Often characters in books are considerably more consistent than the people around us. All the me- that messy life does rather get in the way speaking of he said brushing crumbs off his apron as a tiny beep sounded from the shop my pop cakes are calling come and try one in a bit he pushed himself out from the squishy sofa and disappeared in, down the stairs leaving tilly to her book all right that's where i'm ending it today but um i am hopefully gonna be able to squeeze in one tomorrow and if i can't then Sunday and if I can't then Monday or Tuesday so be on the lookout also um sorry if you heard any annoying music in the background I told my sister I was um recording but she didn't listen and decided to put music on and she's probably getting ready for bed or whatever 
with really loud music on. I don't know. Anyway, I've got to go now. Bye.